But at this time, I want to go ahead and invite Walt up. And Walt uh, is overseeing prayer at Oakton for uh, the next uh, few years. And um, he's got a great word on his heart. And he's going to kind of share his, his prayer vision for the church. So, Kent said two years. He said several years. And I thought it was just for a short time. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I volunteered for several years. Well, I will uh, tell you what a little bit about uh, how this went about. Uh, Pastor Kent saw me, I think it was in last of December or in the uh, first part of uh, January. And he asked me if I would be willing to uh, head up the prayer. And uh, he didn't, you know, he doesn't want to change anything that we're already doing. But he wanted to see if, if we could come up with some vision of, uh, to grow in prayer. And so I prayed about it. I, didn't, I told him, I said, well, I'm getting old and I don't want to take on anything that's very difficult. You know, because I, don't, I, don't, I've got, I just don't have that much energy. And so he, he talked me into it. And uh, so anyway, uh, then I went in and, and I thought, well, I don't want to be fully responsible for determining what we're going to do. Uh, and so I wanted someone to help me with it. And so I chose three people. Uh, we may add to this later or change it. But right now, I had asked Bill Talbot and Connie uh, Bemis and uh, Teresa McNaught if they would be an advisory group for me. And they all quickly said they would. And uh, my purpose was that whatever... I feel like the Lord is, is leading me to do. I'll run it by Kent, but I wanted somebody to make sure I didn't go chasing down a rabbit trail or something. And uh, I wanted more, more hearts, you know, on it. And so uh, anyway, the, that's the way it kind of stands. So I started in in uh, January, and uh, it just right off the bat, why it seemed to me that the Lord was telling me uh, that we needed to improve our prayer in relationships. And I thought, mm, you know, I'm not too sure about, you know, exactly about that. But anyway, that was just in the back of my mind on that. So I went in and I started out and I wanted to find out just what we were doing in the way of prayer in the church because I really thought we were really a praying church and I still believe, really believe we are a praying church. And uh, anyway, uh, I found out and I'm convinced that our church fellowship is already a praying church. Uh, we're doing all kinds of different prayers. We're doing intercessory prayers for the needs of our church body. I'm reading this part. It'd be the same as I gave in the first service. Praying for those in authority in our church and our nation. And some are doing uh, spiritual warfare for the protection of the church, the nation, and yes, Jerusalem. And uh, the scriptures tell us that we should be praying for Jerusalem. It will really be a benefit to us as a church and a nation if we pray for Jerusalem. And uh, so I want to make sure that we're doing that. I believe that our children are being taught how to pray. In fact, I would say maybe some of our strongest prayer warriors may be some of our children. And I think that the uh, move of the Spirit is going on, I think, among the youth. And, uh, and anyway, I think that they're probably heavily involved in prayer. 
and I'm just observing, you know, different things that I see on on. And anyway, uh, these are all good things. And so, like I said, the pastor doesn't want, we don't want to change anything that way. But what we're wanting to do is to try to see what God would have us do in the way of prayer. So I started in, and uh, the way I do things is, I'm, I'm probably overly organized, but anyway, um, I went in and I thought, well, I want to find out, number one, what did Jesus say about prayer? And, uh, and anyway, we'll talk about that a little later, but one of the things that he, whenever I did this, why I found out what Jesus said about prayer, what Paul said about prayer to almost every church that he wrote a letter to, and it was the same thing all the time, and what Solomon prayed whenever he was under the anointing of God, whenever they built the temple. And anyway, I wrote these all down, and Norma was gracious enough, she printed them all out. What I had what Daniel said about prayer. And so I've been, as I study, I've been watching and having a watchful eye on what is said in the scriptures about prayer. And I, I use this in the first church, and I guess I'll do it again. But prayer, to me, is a progressive thing. And uh, I remember, uh, like I told the first church, the, the first thing that I recall whenever I was really young was the first prayer that I remember saying is, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul will take. I didn't know how theologically deep that was when I was, you know, just six, seven years old. But that is a very, very deep prayer. I wasn't a Christian yet, but that was a prayer that my mother, you know, taught me to say. And that was the first prayer that I really remember, you know, in particular. And the other one, of course, is uh, the one that we pray over the food, and uh, God is great, God is good, and we thank Him for our food. And we do that with the great-grandkids and when they're really, really little. And you know it's amazing. Uh, they start out, and they, they love to do that, and they think it's fun, and they'll get silly with it, you know, and and anyway, uh, and I'll kind of get on to them. I say, are you sure that God will like for you to be this silly, you know, when you're praying to him? And so they'll get real serious. Well, here a while back, one of my four-year-old great-grandkids he come in, he said, I want to pray the way I want to pray. And so he had already progressed to the point, you know, listening, because sometimes they didn't want to pray that prayer, they'd want me to pray, because we always prayed for the food, and when I do it, why, well, you know, I did a lot more personal and pray for each one of the kids and whatever. So he got in, and he said a really deep prayer. I mean, this is a little little kid, you know. And and then thankful for, you know, what different things. And he just went on and on and on for praying for each one of the family and different things. This was a, a progress. He progressed in his prayer life a little bit. Uh, I recall that in my own life, uh, I remember years ago during the, uh, I think it was during the lay witness mission probably, that uh, they had a deal and they had a small groups that would meet and they would talk about and a lot of people didn't want to pray. They, were, they didn't want to pray in front of anyone. 
And so at that time, why, it's the first time I'd ever heard of sentence prayers. But, you know, that's the name that was put on it. It was sentence prayer. But just say whatever's on your heart just and, and speak it forth as unto the Lord. And then, of course, the other thing that we did all the time, and we did it so much back in my day, that we said the Lord's Prayer to where it really didn't have much meaning to us. And so a lot of people, you know, there come a time in the church where they kind of quit saying the Lord's Prayer. I think it was our detriment. But anyway, the Lord's Prayer was one of the things that Jesus gave when he was saying how to pray. And so that, that's something that we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, the, next, the next thing was uh, Jesus talked about, and I'll, I'll read what, part of what Jesus said and tell you where it's from. Prayers of Jesus. In Matthew 6, 6 through 13, which includes the Lord's Prayer, but I'll just read the first part. Jesus said something, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and their Father which is in secret, uh, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. That's a promise. And, uh, and anyway, uh, I knew about the Lord when he prayed. Uh, he didn't do hardly anything, you know, whenever, except that he would go into the holy mountain, or he would go into the mountain, and he would pray, and he would get before the Lord. Uh, he even, it was even said that he did nothing but that the Father told him what to do. Well, how did he, how did he find that out? And uh, anyway, uh, but he was, you know, had the Spirit of the Lord in him, and even though he was the Son of Man, and uh, anyway, but God would direct him. And of course, we know that, that uh, God spoke directly to him. And, uh, and so anyhow, years ago when I was teaching on prayer, why well, the Lord showed me that one of the high levels of prayer would be that we would get to the point where we would always seek what he wanted us to pray. And we would pray what he wanted us. And he kind of got on to me because I had been praying more selfish type prayers. You know, I would pray, well, bless Jane, she doesn't feel good today, or bless, you know, I, I was gone specific, which specific prayers are another thing which we've been taught, and that's good to pray specifically for things. And, uh, and then we went through a time uh, where, you know, not only would we pray specific things, and... Uh, but the Lord told me, he said, I, he said, your prayers are too selfish. And at that time, I really had a, I had a pretty close relationship with the Lord at that time. I'd just been filled with the Holy Ghost. And I was going out and walking out at night. And I would walk back the irrigation well. I'd go down the highway. I'd look up in the sky. I'd see a cloud. And the Lord would tell me something. You know, it'd just start talking to me. And uh, <clears throat> it was a very... <clears throat> close, intimate type relationship. I, I just gloried in it. I, I loved it. And, and he would show me things. And he would show me things that he wanted me to do and, uh, and different things. And it was just, uh, it was really good. And at that time, I didn't know that they were all scriptural, but I'd go back and he would even tell me, go back and look in such and such a place in the Word. And I'd go back and there it was. You know, there, there it was. What he just got through telling me would be in the Word. Jesus is the Word, and he is the truth, and he came to uh, tell us the things of God and, and about the kingdom of God. 
So we shouldn't be too surprised that whenever the Lord is, is uh, you're intimate with the Lord and He is revealing things to you, it should line up, it will line up with the Scriptures, or otherwise you're probably maybe hearing yourself. But, uh, but anyway, uh, along that line, he, uh, he had me quit praying selfish prayers and start praying what he wanted me to pray. So I would drive to work. I'd go by Robert Compton's, and I'd say, Lord, what do you want me to pray for Robert and Julie? And he would tell me, and I'd pray it. And we'd get up to the corner a little farther to the church, and I'd say, well, you want me to pray for the church? And he would tell me, and I'd pray it. And we'd get down to Larry Compton's house, and he would tell me. One time he, he spoke an audible voice to me when I was at their corner, not for them, but he told me I hated my job. And, uh, and really, he said, uh, you know, I put you in that job. And he said, I want you to go tell so-and-so such and such. And that was almost audible. I mean, I, I took it that it was an audible voice. I went in, and I did it. And, of course, you know, the Lord really blessed that situation. But, I got, but one thing that happened was the Lord had told me, I put you in that job. Quit bad-mouthing your job that I have given you. And, uh, and I would have stayed there for 29 years anyway just because that's just the way I am. I, you know, I wouldn't have left just because I was unhappy. But for about 10 years, I was unhappy. And, uh, and anyway, then it changed it. Whenever I thought that God wanted me there, now I had a purpose. And so now it put a whole different outlook on what I was doing at work. At work, I would go in, and this morning, I, well, I shouldn't tell this, but anyway, I will. Uh, when I was in using the bathroom this morning, I was sitting on the stool, and I said, you know, Lord, we've talked a lot with me sitting on the stool over the years when I'm at work. Because at work, I was so busy running the business that whenever I'd go into the bathroom, that's when I would do my praying, you know. And anyway, and one time I had a critical situation going on. And my responsibility was to, uh, was to bid jobs, and I was pretty good at it. But we, but we hit a situation where I didn't know how to bid it, and we were, we were in the computer graphics business, and, uh, and anyway, I said, Lord, I don't know how to bid this stuff. The Lord said, one, two, three. I thought, one, two, three. And so I went out. And I had always gone out, and whenever I would be looking at work, and Jane and I would go to bid jobs, I would rate them heavy, light, and medium. And uh, one, two, three. And that was the way, uh, in fact, we started doing that after he told me one, two, three. Up until then, I'd just been going in, wearing myself out, counting units and stuff, you know. And, and, uh, but finally, I just got to where I would go into a major job. And in just a matter of hours, Jane and I could go in, and we could, she could do it. We could look at sheets that we were going to put in computer, one, two, three. And then one would be light, two would be medium, and three would be heavy. And then I, I come up with a price, you know, for I only had three prices I had to come up with. I got jobs all over the United States from that one thing. I, I can't, that the Lord gave me that information. The Lord cares about your job, and He cares about you and your situation. And uh, I would have never got that if I hadn't been in prayer, you know, and, and 
concerned about that. It was a burden. I heard the other day on TV that whenever you have a burden for someone or something, then's a good time to pray because the Lord is putting that burden on your heart. And so you pray for it. And so anyway, uh, but anyhow, I started out and I thought, well, I don't know what to do at Oakton. I thought about calling something an experiment in prayer, and I thought, no, that doesn't sound too, too good, you know, to call something an experiment in prayer. But, uh, but anyway, I decided, well, I'll tell you, uh, Candid told me about uh, uh, the cook, I never can think of her first name, Angie Cook, how that she would go in and she was going into her prayer closet and how the Lord was blessing her. And, uh, and I thought, well, that's right in line with the way Jesus told us to do it. And uh, so anyway, I decided that I was going to start doing this. I used to pray, and I would go out, and in this church, a lot of people pray in the Spirit. If we don't know what to pray, the Scriptures tell us we don't know what to pray, pray in the Spirit, and the Lord will, you know, he, and then someone, you know, either you can pray a prayer of interpretation or someone else will. But, uh, but anyway, it's one way to communicate with God. And anyway, I thought, I used to do that a lot, but I didn't ever write it down. And I would just do it, and then the Lord had shown me something, and then I couldn't remember exactly what he had said. It didn't, you know, it just, and I always wished that I would have had it recorded, or I would have written it. Well, I started trying something here back in uh, April the 6th. And uh, I went in, and of course Gary has done this for years, and put it out on the internet, I think, but... Uh, but he has it here at church, the thing, the word that the Lord gives him. And uh, so I went in and I started in praying. And every morning I would go in the first thing. I'd, be, I'd go in and I would get before the Lord and I'd say, you know, well, here I am, Lord. You know, good morning. And, uh, and anyway, uh, and I would tell the Lord what was on my heart and then I would be real quiet and I would try to listen for the Lord, and I wasn't getting anything in particular. And I'd listen for quite a little while. And then I would go in and I would pray in the Spirit. And uh, praying in the Spirit is praying in an unknown tongue. You don't know what you're praying. And I'd pray in the Spirit, and the Lord kind of quickened to me, get your tablet out and write it down. And so I uh, got me a big tablet there, and I would write down the date, and I would write down what the Lord gave me. Now, the Lord was dealing with me on us coming into, well, I'll just read a scripture to you uh, from Colossians. In Colossians, the uh, first chapter, this was one place that I saw this, and I, I, this was concerning what Paul was saying to the Col Col Colossian church, you know, about prayer. And he said that uh, we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always to you. Well, but anyway, in the fifth verse, it says, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you have heard before the word of truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it was also in the world and is beginning forth fruit, is bringing forth fruit, as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God and truth. As you have learned from Epirus, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who has also declared to us the love and the Spirit, for this reason, this is what I wanted to get to, for this reason, in verse 9, 
Since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you and ask, and this is what Paul asked for this church, and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And anyway, that was, and that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, being fruitful in every good work, and in and increasing in the knowledge of God. And I thought, man, that's what I want. You know, I, I want to have more knowledge of God. I want to know more about that. So as I would study the scriptures, everywhere I'd look, Paul was praying this for the churches all the time. In Ephesians, uh, he prayed it in Ephesians. And uh, anyway, uh, he prayed in Ephesians and I'm He says in verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. In verse 17, he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And uh, and the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceedingly greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Anyway, this was two instances where I found this. Uh, Solomon prayed this kind of a prayer, you know, whenever they first opened up the temple. This kind of prayer was prayed all the time that we would come into a a greater knowledge of God and uh, and of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, and so I thought, you know, this would be a good challenge for our, our church to for, you, for us to go in and to try to get in a position where the Spirit of the Lord that is within us would give us more understanding and a, and a better spiritual knowledge of God our Father and Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ and would show us more about Him. And that is what I considered, uh, I was going to call the title of this uh, an intimate relationship, and I don't know what it says in the bulletin. It probably says relationship with God, I imagine. I don't know what it says. But, uh, but anyway, that was what I wanted to talk to you today about was we need to attempt to get, come into a closer relationship with God. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of times what we're doing, we're praying about, I think, I think sometimes the devil has got us just chasing our tail. You know, he, we have so many things hit us and happen to us that uh, we're just all the time praying for those problems. And uh, and anyway, the Lord knows all about these problems. And and there's nothing wrong with praying for these problems. Fact is, one of the things we're to be doing is we're to be praying for one another and we're to be encouraging one another. This is one of the key things of us as Christian brotherhood or or in the the body of Christ is to share in each other's needs. We do that up here at the altar. You know, I think that's a great thing that we do. And we go up and, but I've noticed at the altar, a lot of times when we come forward, we say, well, you know, I've got this and this has happened to me and I want you to pray this and I want you to pray that. And, and uh, really what we need to do probably is, we probably ought to say, I want what the Lord wants in this situation. And so anyway, I was wanting us to just progress from you know, like I didn't understand whenever I was praying, now lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. That's true. That would be a good prayer for us as an adult. But uh, I didn't know what it meant then. And, uh, and anyway, if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. I didn't know what that meant. 
But, uh, but anyway, I'm trusting that that is going to happen, you know, because I know what God has told us through Jesus Christ and through the truth of the word. Um, I went too long the first time, and I don't know what time I started today. But, uh, but anyhow, um, I, I wanted to read two things, and I, w- I wasn't sure if I should do it, and I did it in the first church, and Kent told me to go ahead and do it. I've got some things that I felt like that the Lord told me. I've got one that is rather lengthy that I didn't give in the first church, and I think I'll read it. I have trouble reading standing up here with my bifocals, but, uh, but anyway, uh, this was one that I got 427. This was the 27th of this month. And uh, anyway, uh, I'll just read it to you the way I got it. And the scriptures say that if someone tells you that they got a word from the Lord or a prophecy from the Lord, we should judge it. You should judge it. And how do you judge it? You judge it based on whether it's according to God's word or not. You know, I mean, you'll know. And, and it goes like this. I know you intimately, says the Lord. I knew you before the foundation of the world was, was laid. I love you with a love that is beyond your understanding. Your physical well-being is important to me, but your spiritual well-being is much more important. It is the difference of eternal life or eternal death. Prayer is communication with me. Your prayers are a sweet-smelling incense, and I keep them in golden vials. Do you not believe I care about every part of your life? You are my workmanship, and I have a plan for your life on earth and in heaven. When you marry, you enter into an intimate relationship with your spouse. You want to know everything about your spouse. Sometimes you're a little disappointed about what you learn. But this isn't true about Jesus. He will always, we will never be disappointed in Jesus. And and if we have the Lord in our heart, we won't worry about the the things that we see in our spouse. You know, the Lord will take care of those. Um, Get to where I was. When you accept Jesus Christ in your life, everything changes. You start dying to yourself, and your attitudes change towards others. Your desires change when Jesus Christ's Spirit comes into your life. You yearn for a more intimate relationship with God the Father and Jesus Christ His Son. You should want to know God and what, uh, want to come into a more intimate understanding of Him. I sent Jesus Christ to be born as the son of a woman to uh, reveal the kingdom of God to you, to reconcile mankind to me, and to bring truth about eternity to you. Jesus Christ is spiritual bread. He's spiritual bread that you should eat daily. Jesus Christ is the word and the light. Walk in his ways. Obey his commands, and his light will deliver you from darkness. Prayer is important. It may start as a sentence or a cry to God for help. It evolves into a two-way relationship. A desire to a more intimate relationship with God through a more intimate a, through a more intimate relationship with your neighbor or where you care about the lost and I and I care about the lost. Where you where are you in your relationship? That's what the Lord 
you know, put down. I, and I took it that he was saying it for the whole church, but he was sure giving it to me. This uh, experiment, if you want to call it that, but this way of praying, I'm going to continue to do it because it's getting to where, like the first day that I went in and said, good morning, Lord, and it seemed like that it was kind of just me doing it. Now, after doing it for almost a month, if I have something happen and I miss out on that, I really miss that morning relationship with God. It, it really, uh, you know, just feels like something is missing. And, uh, and anyway, it's really been a blessing for me. Uh, he's shown me a whole lot of other things. As I, I've been studying the scriptures and, and while we're doing the chronological Bible study, well, I've been also going over and pray, and I wanted New Testament at the same time. So I started in Revelation, worked my way back through, and I'm back over in the middle of Acts right now. But... Uh, Anyway, I took a Bible that I hadn't colored up, and I, I put, anytime I see anything that speaks to me, you know, concerning the things of the Lord, I yellow it in, you know, I color it. And, uh, and I have been so blessed, uh, you know, just tremendously blessed uh, through this time. Now, here it is, you know, it's almost May, and I haven't come up with a plan for the church, and I don't know if that I, that I will. But what I'm trying to do is encourage you to, uh, to pray and encourage you to be in a more intimate relationship with the Lord. Uh, I know that we're already doing many, many kinds of prayer, and, uh, and that's great. But anyway, try to get into a position uh, to where you're in a more intimate relationship with God. And he will reveal himself to you. He wants to. And uh, anyway, whenever... I was going through and reading these scriptures and, and going through them. I've got into some, this is what usually happens to me when I'm studying. I get off on a different rabbit trail. And, uh, and the one that I'm on right now, and I've, I've got a little tablet, and uh, I write down all the scriptures that I get. I've got eight pages of scriptures, I think, at this moment. And uh, anyway, they're on the glory of the Lord I am so excited about the, the glory of the Lord. And uh, anyway, the glory of the Lord is what raised Jesus from the dead. It's what raised him, the glory of the Lord. That's what the scriptures say. That's what's going to raise you. The glory of the Lord is going to raise you, just like it raised Jesus. Uh, the scriptures tell us that the glory of the Lord is standing, or it says that Jesus Christ and the glory of the Lord is standing at the throne of God. The glory of the Lord, you know, I, I told the earlier church that I had been doing a private Bible study for quite some time in Ezekiel, and, I, and I've been watching what's going on in the world, you know, as far as uh, Israel is concerned. And Ezekiel just fascinated me because in Ezekiel, why, it talks about a time whenever Israel was rebellious, they didn't obey God, they were worshiping other gods, and, uh, and they were not doing what they should be, they didn't obey the Lord, and so they were put into captivity. And uh, anyway, both the nor northern and southern kingdom, both were put you know, into captivity and scattered. And anyway, what happened that was really tragic was 
the Lord in Ezekiel records it, but the cloud and the glory lifted off of the temple in uh, Jerusalem, and then the enemy come in and tore it up, took everything. They, when the glory of God was there, they couldn't have touched it if they'd have brought in every soldier they had. There's no way that they could have touched anything in that temple because the glory of the Lord is so powerful. And uh, and anyway, I found that the glory of the Lord really is a fabulous thing. And uh, anyway, I'm continuing my study on that. The other thing that is just a side trail that I've been so fascinated on, and that is that whenever you're reading almost any anywhere, somewhere in there it'll say that God knew us, he called us before the foundations of the world were laid. God knew you before you were born. He knew you before the foundations of the world. He had a plan for your life and for my life back then. Now our part that we play right now, uh, if you want to call it that, is as a body of Christ now, we are to walk in his plan. And so what, what is hard for me to know is, what does he want me to do as a plan? Uh, years ago, I thought that uh, I thought years ago that the Lord wanted me to preach in small rural churches that couldn't afford a pastor, and I I went out and I preached in lots of churches. I never went one time to any church and preached in it that I didn't seek the Lord. And uh, and if I went in, and I always knew that I had the word that the Lord gave me for the church, and He would do that very faithfully. One time I, had, I laid before the Lord until three in the morning before he finally gave me what he wanted. And, uh, and anyway, one other time I went and I never did get, never did hear from the Lord. And uh, I went to this church at Hume where Eric England is preaching now. And I got up there and I thought, I don't know what, I'm not going to say a word because the Lord hasn't told me anything and I don't want to say anything that's not from him. And so I got up and I said, well, I haven't got a word for you. And uh, I guess I'll just give him my personal testimony. And it was just like I had the Bible laying open and it was just like the scriptures were just boom, 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 you know. And uh, and I looked down and I ended up preaching for probably longer, longer than I should. And anyway, while I was preaching, why a cloud, and I didn't understand this back then, but a cloud appeared over this one couple, or one man mainly. I didn't know it at the time. He was visiting, and he was from uh, California. And anyway, this cloud just hovered right over him. And I knew that God was speaking to that man through what I was saying. And, uh, and anyway, so when we got done, I did something I had never done before. We do it in this church now. But back then, it was kind of frowned on. You just didn't pray and call people up the altar for prayer. I asked him to come up for prayer. and I would be willing to lay hands on anyone needed. Man, I mean, the church just flocked up there just because I did what the Spirit of the Lord said. If I'd have just prayed or taught what I wanted to do, pulled something out of the archives, it would have meant nothing. But when God tells you something, you better follow it. And so, uh, anyway, it just, I've had two experiences like that where the cloud was. And one time I was preaching 
at a revival, a mini revival. And the preacher come to me and he told me, he said, uh, you pray, you teach real complicated, you know, I get real complicated, you know, I get too many fasted. He said, preach to those kids up there in the far corner of the church and keep the message so simple that they can understand it. Boy, that was tough for me to do. And uh, so I made an attempt to do that and I, and I did it. And pretty soon I realized that I was standing up here looking down on myself preaching and there was a cloud over this man that his wife had told me earlier, I didn't know it was her husband, but told, her, told me earlier that she had been praying for him to get saved for years and years and years. She finally just got tired of it. She said, Lord, it's just out of my hands. It's just, you know, it's going to be up to you to do it. And so I didn't know it, but anyway, whenever I uh, didn't realize that was her husband. And so I pray, gave the sermon that they said, and it was something like, you know, washing of the water of the word and, you know, become clean. And I gave the altar call, and uh, he came running up. He said, he says, I'm, I'm filthy, I'm filthy, I'm filthy. You know, he, he came running up and because he, he was a bulldozer operator and he'd apparently been a, you know, like a lot of us are, working in construction work, a little bit crude. And anyway, he come up, and we, and this a little old retired preacher come up to help me, and he come up there, and we prayed to this guy. He jumped up, and he said, "I'm clean, I'm clean, I'm clean," and ran out of the church. And uh, anyway, I uh, it was just a high point in my life, and I've got his name in one of my Bibles, and I pray for that guy every time I pick that Bible up. If I see him, I have no idea if he's still alive or not. Probably not, because I'm barely alive. You know. He, He's, he was older than me. <laughs> He's probably gone. But it was just a high point. And, uh, but what I'm trying to say is we need to get our prayers directed in such a way that we hear from the Lord. And uh, so that's what I'm challenging you with today, to get your prayers where you hear from the Lord. Now, we're getting ready to go into communion in a minute. And uh, anyway, I've got one other part of the prayer Oh, I didn't mention to you that that uh, Kent had given me a, a deal. I don't know how many of you have seen it, but it's a piece of paper that has a vision statement for our church. And it says on the back of it, our vision is to get people to arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept them and rise to a new life. Shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord for you. Light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And that's from Isaiah 60, verse 1. But, and they had, they had scriptures here that they put down. And, and Kent said, now this is for the South Church and oh, the Central Church. And I read these, and the first ones that I read, I thought, Kent, those first three are for Israel. But now, we, you know, we're called spiritual Israel in the scripture, but I, I said, I really think they're specifically for Israel, but that's okay, we can claim those too, because God's the same, I mean, he, but, uh, but anyway, I got down to this one, and lo and behold, it was this one in Ephesians, and it was the same one the Lord had given me in Ephesians, of what he wanted me to do, was try to encourage us to come into a, a greater knowledge of him. And, uh, and anyway, Kent's got that in his vision statement. And so I guess it, the Holy Spirit must have been leading whoever developed this. I don't know who put this together. 
And I think that I felt like I was a part of that. And why not? We're a body ministry. And uh, anyway, the Lord is speaking through us as a body. So anyway, uh, I was going to read the prayer of Jesus on the communion leading into it. And this is one that we're all very familiar with. And it's the Lord's Prayer. Um, anyway, uh, someone that was at the first one, they said, well, why don't you have everybody pray that with you whenever you do it? But, but anyway, God went in and he said, uh, you know, they asked him about how to pray. They wanted to know how to pray. And then Jesus said, well, after this manner in verse 9, therefore pray. And you can pray it with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This really meant something to me because whenever I read this, it, for one thing, it was along the line that the Lord was doing and he wants us to see God as holy. And he wants us to um, confess that God is holy. You know, I used to in the Methodist church, you had confession, you know, of, of worship or confession worship of worship. And anyway, we would confess that God is greater than we are. That's a given. We don't, we don't have to doubt that. We know that. But anyway, and holy is his name. Jesus said that he is, through the gospel, that we're becoming holy and we're going from one holiness to another. We're, we're progressing through this. It's a progressive action. And anyway, and the thing that he was praying is, thy kingdom come. And, uh, and that's what we want. We want thy kingdom come. We want it to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Whenever, one of the things that told us in the scriptures, well, whenever we're, I know that we have a lot of people that right now they say their prayers, maybe they don't know if they're being heard. Um, one of the things that I found was that we're to worship in, uh, we're to worship in spirit and in truth. And uh, let's see if I can find that scripture. Yeah, here it is. Um, it says in John nine thirty one. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man, and I, and that's concerning prayer. But if any man be a worshipper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. This is a promise. And uh, anyway, uh, the hour comes, and now is, this is in John 4, 23, 34, the hour comes and now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is spirit, and they that worship him may worship him in spirit and truth. And um, you're a spirit man now. Whenever you were born again, you become a spirit man and, uh, and so we have a privilege of praying spirit to spirit. And, uh, and so, and God values, he really values these prayers. Well, I think I've gone plenty long now. And so uh, I'll turn it back over to Landon. Where, there he is. Thanks, Walt. You're welcome. You know, sometimes we, uh, I've really been thinking about this the last few weeks, and, and sometimes we make a relationship with God a lot too complicated. And uh, just like he's talking about, 
we can say and do all this stuff, and we can think, you know, I need to pray. But then we might think, you know, I need to be an expert on prayer. So I'm going to go to a prayer conference, and I'm going to do an eight-week study on prayer, and I'm going to do all this stuff. Whenever all you have to do is just, whenever you get home at night, just pray to him. And just like Walt was talking about through uh, the process is that he'll teach you uh, the proper way to pray. He'll teach you his word. He'll teach you all these things. And you don't have to, you know, overanalyze it. He just wants you to be one with him. You know, if you want to have a relationship with somebody, you want to know about him, you just talk to him. And that's as simple as prayer is.